Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast, where we aim to entertain, encourage, and equip worship and tech leaders all around the world. Look, we all know that serving in worship and production is great, but the problems, those are real. Thanks for joining us as we dive into today's episode with our host, Brian Tabor. Welcome to episode 165 of the Worship Leader Podcast, live from Dwell Worship and Creative Conference. Come on. What is up? You guys, we're here today at the Dwell Worship and Creative Conference in the land of Yonsei. The yeah. Valley of Smell. That's not what it's called. I keep telling you that. It is the Valley of the Sun. <laughs> that branding is not going to happen. <laughs> so here's what we love to do. We love to entertain you. We love to encourage you and help equip you for ministry. That's what we hope to do uh, with every episode of the podcast. And so pumped to be here at Dwell. And yeah. of yeah. course, we're in Phoenix. So big so Yonsei. I'm here. You can't get away from me. <laughs> Guys, we are so excited to be here talking to you live. There's just something different about a live audience. Here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to share some resources with you because we always want to equip you for ministry. We are going to share some laughs with the ever popular segment called Prayer Concerns. And then we have a special live edition of Sliding into the DMs. But before we get to all of that, Brian, will you take just a minute to tell them about our sponsor, Planning Center? Right. Let's hear it for Planning Center, right? Come on. Come on. Planning Center is undefeated, you guys. They have revolutionized the way we do ministry, kind of setting us free to focus on what really matters, and that's people. Uh, And so Planning Center has this free app for your congregation. Uh, If you use Planning Center, you can give people in your church access to this app uh, called Church Center, where they can check in their families, they can give, they can join groups, they can manage their personal profile information, they can register events, and now they can respond to their scheduling requests from planning center services, right? Which is where we all live, right? We all spend our lives there. So check out more at planningcenter.com slash church-center. They're the best. They are the best. They are the absolute best. They are the best, right? So how you doing? Doing great. You promised me warmth, but there is no warmth in Phoenix right now. No, I'm like, I'm pretty sure he brought the cool weather with him, so I'm excited because... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, friends. Look who we have coming Are out. Are you kidding? Hey, guys. John Egan and Are you kidding? just joined check, check. us. Check one, two, check. Hey, friends. What's up? Good to see you guys. So, John Egan, Andy Rozier. John has right. been on the podcast. Andy has not. Assuming not yet. At this point, but this week we're... Sort of fixing that. We but are we fixing to, it. We'll do a real. We'll fix it. Though. Yeah, we'll do a real thing, right? Uh, okay, so one of the things that we do in every interview is we end it with what we call the big room question. And that goes something like this. Like if we got every worship leader and all of their volunteers, every production leader and all of their, one, their volunteers, we gathered them all in one big room and we gave you a microphone. What would you say? What would you feel compelled to say to that group about what we do in the local church. And you have a room here right now. This is the room. This is the room. We probably couldn't say just one thing. We can go back to say whatever. I would definitely start with, it's not your kingdom, your building. 
And then I'd move to love the people more than the music. And then I'd end probably on Matthew 6 because God's word is better than anybody else's word. If you go into your closet and pray to your... No, first it says, hey, don't stand on your stages and Instagram your quiet times for surely you have received your likes. But instead, go into the secret place and worship, pray, it says, but really putting music to prayer is what we do. Um, Pray to your Father who's in secret, so it says where he is, and your Father who's in secret will reward you. So basically, the Scripture's telling you the secret. You know, we're all looking for secrets, and the secret to worship is worship in secret. Beautiful. Andy Rozier, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Andy Rozier. Um, yeah, <laughs> He's got some good ones. He told me downstairs. So, yeah. I was, there's a Catholic mystic theologian guy who I uh, got to speak with once who got kicked out of the Catholic church a few times and then went back in and then kicked out, went back in. Um, and some, uh, it was in a group of people and someone asked him, why have you continued on? Uh, you seem to be provoking the wrong things. And um, So what he said really marked me. What he did to get kicked out, in and out, that's irrelevant. Let's move that to the side. What he said, though, he said, he said two things. You could only bloom where you're planted and you can only reform from within. And those two things really marked, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to over-romanticize it, that has to be a place, though I think that it could be a place to, to set your roots in a place so that you could bloom there. Reforming from within, it's easy and a bit um, weak to throw stones from the outside. But it is, it is tough. It is harder work, but so much more rewarding to be a change, to be the change within a, within a system within an institution even, but I have seen, I've been 20 years at my church and have seen more impact because of just, really just showed up and brought change from within it instead of from with, instead of from outside it. That would be my answer. Boom. No, go on. Um, Give another one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Andy, it's teeing me up. Uh, I was just telling Andy downstairs about a missionary from Mexico. This guy is deep in the woods of Mexico in the mountains. And they, they've seen over 100 people raised from the dead, literally. Um, and he's wild, big beard, really gruff voice, uh, rough around the edges kind of guy. He came to visit our church, uh, and he looked at me and a bunch of other guys, and some of these other guys, some of my friends were writing books, and he just said, you young guys writing books, making money. <laughs> he just stared at us, and we were all very afraid. <laughs> I mean, he's big, white. He looks like Santa Claus, but like, like white trash Santa Claus. And, but hey, proof's in the pudding with this guy. He goes, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> he's like, it's going to be 200 pages. Every single page is going to be blank, except for the middle page. It's just going to say Jesus. <laughs> there it is. There's my answer. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Thank you, guys. Hey, give them a hand. Andy Rozier, John Egan. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Man, we could camp on those for a while. I I don't know how to follow that. Right? How do we follow that? We should just end it. (laughs) Pray the benediction and go home, man. (laughs) So, um, hey, we got so many friends here making all these new friends at Dwell. Happy to be here. Honored to be a part of this. Um, We have... uh, Papa Gorley, Daniel Gorley from Five Words Media over in the Tech Expo, giving away uh, not one, but two free church AV systems this year. D- that deserves a huge God, God hand. Incredible. Incredible. And Maven Media Productions. These are our friends. You'll hear more about them at the end of the podcast, but they just do so much to help us. Give them a hand. We're so glad. Always good. Uh, always good to be uh, with them. Uh, have you followed us on socials? I have to ask. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You can follow us at Worship Leader Probs. And as Jen says, the cesspool that is Twitter. Just search the hashtag. Search the hashtag Worship Leader Probs. Search, search the hashtag Worship Leader Probs. And if you're hopefully after today, if you've not listened to the podcast before, you got 164 other episodes to go back and, and, uh, and check out. We would be honored. If you'd go uh, on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and a, a nice review. If you can't say something nice, don't do it. just, just don't, don't do, do it. it. Just no, pass. Check your heart. Right? Just check your heart check your and heart. pass. Right? Yeah. Are we ready? We're ready. I think it's time. Do you know what time it is? What time is it? It is time for prayer concerns. Uh, okay, so if you're new to the podcast, which some of you are, welcome. We're glad you found us. Um, we do this thing called prayer concerns, and here's what a prayer concern is in our context. Um, everybody has like a connection card or some sort of response device in their church, and sometimes there's a section on there that says, how can we pray for you? Sometimes people use it for prayer requests. Other times, other things appear in, in that how can we pray for you section, right? Feedback. Why are the lights so bright? They're in my eyes. What is the smoke in the room? All that stuff. Uh, so people send these in anonymously. Uh, you can go to worshipleaderprobs.com, click on the prayer concerns tab and submit yours anonymously, or you can just DM them to us on Instagram. So we share these anonymously every week. Every week. Every week. It's the highlight. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Let's dive right in. Prayer concern number one. I was invited to sing at a church, and they wanted me to do this one particular song and let their pianist accompany me. They told me that he has a medical condition in which he sometimes just randomly passes out. But they told me to just keep singing, and his wife would pull their SUV around back and load him into it and head to the doctor. All right. Just load him up and hit, just, 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 just keep, keep singing. Keep singing. Don't stop. If that happens, Don't just stop. keep, yeah, just keep going, right? I would <laughs> pay money going. to see that. Just keep going. All right, number two, prayer concern number two. I'm a lighting director at a local church, and I sit next to the audio console, so I always have people coming up to me thinking I'm the audio guy. You guys ever experienced this back there? Yep. <laughs> uh, so an older woman comes up after the service to complain that, quote, the music is way too loud. People are here to worship, not to be at a nightclub. <laughs> Tried so hard not to burst out laughing. Oh, my god! Not gosh. at a nightclub. Not a nightclub. Right? No. Is that a new one? 
That is a We've new gotten one. rock concert. Yeah. We got some that but nightclub. Nightclub. Night, wow. In the club. <laughs> right? What kind of nightclubs does she go into if it sounds yeah, like church right? music? That's Graves what I want to know. It's like some Hillsong nightclub. Up in the club. Okay. Okay, number three. Prayer concern number three. Uh, my husband and I tried out for the senior pastor position at a church several years ago. He preached and I sang and the people seemed to love it, but they kept asking if I played the piano. At that time, I had not learned to play. After much prayer, we decided it was not the place for us. We met with the head elder and explained it wasn't the right fit. He demanded to know why. My husband finally said, you know, other than the fact that we just have a check in our spirits about this, we noticed, for example, the people really looking for someone who plays the piano. The elder sat back in his chair, looked me up and down, and said in a very demeaning tone, well, once you've had a Cadillac, it's hard to settle for a Volkswagen. Oh, oh my God. That's so savage. No. That's so savage. And by the way, Volkswagen's a nice ride. It is a nice ride. Right? Wow. Volkswagen is a nice ride. Man, I just don't even know what to it's say. So hurtful. That's to very that. savage. That was. It seems like they dodged a bullet. Right. I think it so. <laughs> I think so. Definitely dodged I a bullet. I think so. Okay, number four. Prayer concern number four. I got an email today from a church member entitled From the Heart. Brace yourselves. It says, you need to direct and lead music without your guitar. That really shows the people that you care about them and the sound of their singing. Yes, Linus, I know that guitar is your security blanket. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pretty savage. Pretty savage. There's just so much. I feel like we need to unpack this a little bit. So, okay, when I walked in here, it felt like I was walking into... The cast of Rent, because I'm twice the age of, of all of you guys. So does everyone know who Linus is? Peanuts character carries a blanket. Okay, good, 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 good. All right, here's the last one, the bottom of the pudding cup. Prayer concern number five. A well-meaning congregant once approached me and said, you have such a beautiful voice. You just add so much when you're up there. I really think you could have made it as like a famous person's backup singer. So there you go. Those are prayer concerns. Please continue to send yours in. Uh, you can go to the, worship, to the website, worshipleaderprobs.com. Click on the prayer concerns tab and send yours in anonymously. We'll never share your name or your church's name. So keep them coming, fam. Well, this has been so much fun, right, so yeah. far. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump into the last segment that we call sliding into the DMs. Okay, so our DMs are always open on Instagram, and often people will uh, slide in there and ask us, hey, I'm dealing with this in my church. Hey, I'm facing this on my team. I'm not sure uh, how to approach this. I'm not sure how to handle it. And so uh, Jen and I, and we have a, a team of wonderful volunteers from you know, worship and production staff members from across the country that help us answer DMs and respond to comments and all those things. And so uh, we will jump in and get them the best answer that we can get them. So um, uh, we let's let's do one, and then we'll ask you guys for questions. So we'll do one that that came into the account. We'll answer that, and then we'll take questions from you. So use this time to 
pay attention with one ear and in the other side of your brain, think about like what are some questions that you, you're wrestling with in your team. So, uh, and in a great gesture of goodwill, Jen, Jen Smell, Big Yonce, has agreed to go first, which I think really speaks to the heart of what you bring. Did not realize to the table. I volunteered. Yeah, it's to amazing. Go first. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about uh, raising up new leaders. Okay. What's your approach? How, what's your approach? To, you have here in the room some of your young I leaders. I do. I have a collection of my young leaders here in the room representing. Um, raising up young leaders is something I'm super passionate about. And honestly, I think everybody should be passionate about raising up young leaders um, because we have to be looking to the future, the future of the church, not just our church, but the big C church. And honestly, if you're a leader right now and there's not somebody that you are raising up and that you're pouring into, you need to. You need to because that's part of the job. Um, I look at some of my biggest inspiration or what I look to the most um, for raising up young leaders is I love to look at the word. I like to look at the example. You saw um, Moses and Joshua. You saw Elijah and Elisha. You saw Jesus and the disciples. And I think one common thread in all of those relationships is proximity. You know, I'm sure that there was conversations that were had. You know, the word even tells us that when Moses would enter the tabernacle to worship, that Joshua would just sit outside and he would wait for him. But I think one of the best ways to raise up young leaders is to let them get in proximity, pull them in, let them shadow you. Let them come alongside you. Let them hear conversations that you have. Let them watch you lead. Let them watch you struggle. And that can be a hard one um, because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to appear weak. We want to be like, oh, I'm the big leader and I have it all together. But the truth is we don't. We don't all have it together. And I think it is important to let young leaders see there is a struggle. There's a struggle. And how do we struggle through and stay on the path in ministry? How do we face challenges? How do we have days where you're like, that's it, I'm done, I want to quit, but then keep going? If we don't show them this, we give them this false idea that ministry is a cakewalk. Ministry is nothing more than coming out and singing worship songs for 25 minutes. And woo, isn't that great? And that's just a small piece of what we do. Ministry is done in the day to the day, the Monday through Friday, the, the, the emails, the, the declines on planning center, the everybody has blocked out the same weekend, the team member who's mad because they don't get enough solos, like, why, why did you do this song? Why don't we do that song? All of this stuff is part of ministry. And so we really, really have to raise up young leaders with intentionality. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing is just letting them be around you. Um, and then again, don't act like the guru. I mean, I tell my people all the time, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just trying. And it's, it's kind of like this whole thing, follow me as I follow Jesus. And let's follow him together. And honestly, let's be humble enough to learn from them. I think one of the, the, the harder things, the older I get, I have to remind myself that there is something that these young leaders can teach me. And just because something they do isn't my preference, it doesn't mean it's wrong. And we have to check our preferences, older leaders, check our preferences, you know, because the young leaders, they're going to do something different because God hasn't called them to be carbon copies of us. God has anointed them and he's gifted them and he's called them with a unique, specific calling. And so it's not our job to replicate and duplicate and make a bunch of mini-me's, but it's our job to steward the lives that God's, that God's put in our path. So, And that's so good. That's so good. Uh, I, I've, I've met few leaders who are as intentional as you are, and I, I watch that, and it pushes me. So thank you for uh, your intentionality. You know, it's that old, I'm going to probably get this wrong, but that old adage of like, you, you watch me do it, we do it together, you know, I watch you do it. Yeah, I mean, so uh, investing in the next generation. I, I tell people all the time, 
uh, on our team, you know, 27 years or whatever I've been doing this, I, you're going to, I can let you learn from mistakes that I've made, you know. Uh, I've done a lot of things wrong, and I hopefully have learned those lessons. Um, every now and then we get something right, too, and so, you know, passing that, uh, passing that on, and um, often when I get asked uh, something that Jen hit on, when I get asked from a young leader, what do I need to do to prepare to be a worship leader or a worship pastor? And I say a lot of what she just said, you know, the, I think the misconception is that we sit around and listen to Hillsong and Elevation all day drink and, coffee and just drink coffee. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, and then, you know, the worship leading, as you said, you know, on a, on a good week, uh, I probably spend maybe two hours total leading worship and I'll spend, you know, 50 or 60 hours scheduling and planning and managing and pastoring uh, the team. And so, yeah, if you're a young leader and you're listening to this, I hope you, uh, you're, you're talking to your leader about, since this call on my life, uh, how can I get involved? How can I help serve our team and serve our church? How can I help you as you're, as you're leading our ministry? Right, right. Actually, and I said a lot to older leaders, and I'm going to talk to the younger leaders in the room. Don't try to bypass the process. Your leaders have put in some reps. Not to pick on my team, but I'm old enough to be some of their mom. And I'm like, listen, I've been doing, <laughs> been doing this a long time. And while I appreciate the drive, I think the drive is good. You have to have longevity in ministry. It's a marathon and it's not a sprint. And here's the thing. The process is there because God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. But if you bypass the process and you just try to jump to what he has prepared for you, what he's prepared for you will ruin you. So young leaders, submit to the process. It is fantastic to have vision. It is fantastic to have goals. That's an excellent thing. But don't get your eyes so set on this, on a title, on a position, on a job, that you don't appreciate the process and take the proper steps that God's placed in front of you every day. So be faithful in every season. Be faithful with what he's put in front of you. Um, walking it out, realizing everything he is preparing, he's processing, he's taking care of it, he's digging roots deep down in you that you're going to need later on in ministry. Um, so just remember that. Absolutely. You've, one of the themes of this conference that I've absolutely resonated with uh, has been, you know, don't get so enamored with the platform that you ignore the process and the preparation. Um, that's, that's huge in what we do. How about you? Any, any questions? We often call them questies. It's just something that I did in the beginning. I thought it was cool and hip. It wasn't. It wasn't. We recently got a DM, and this lady said, you should never say the word questie again. <laughs> She's like, why do you keep saying questies? Like, it's just a part of the lexicon now. who he is. Now. Leave so, him alone. Yeah. Anybody? <laughs> Stuff that you guys are dealing with in your teams. Anybody? Yes. Here you go. We're bringing that. Hey, we'll bring you the mic. Yeah, you know, I would, I don't, I would not speak for you, but I, I wrestled with that uh, so much early on. Um, I think you have to constantly be uh, filling your cup. You know, our Pastor Scott Longyear, who's a senior pastor who joins us often, will say you got to do whatever you have to do to keep your fire hot. And so, time in the Word, you got to constantly be reminding yourself about what God says about you who God says you are. 
and not be focused on maybe what other people are saying or you're too young or any, any of that stuff. Focus on what uh, the Word says. I would also, I think one of the, other than, than that, one of the most important pieces of my journey has been having good mentors, seeking out somebody who is, uh, you know, my wife, Kim, who's here, would all, often say, you want to run, you want to learn how to run fast, run with somebody who's faster than you. You want to learn how to be a better singer, sing with somebody who's a, farther along than you are in the process. And so in, in, in this area, whatever discipline you feel God's called you to, find somebody who's further along in the path than, than you are. Uh, ask them, can I, can I spend some time with you? Can I spend a, uh, an afternoon with you, you know, every week? It's, you've got to, uh, it's not going to be like an hour and then you're like, all right, I'm mentored. Uh, you know, some of my mentoring relationships have been years long. Uh, and they don't always happen in a formal setting. It might happen over a meal or a cup of coffee or whatever. Uh, but, but find a mentor who can build into you. Um, yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, I would say know your identity. I think the temptation in life is to think that there's something that we can add to God. There's things that we can do for God. And it can be very easy to attach our calling to our identity. And we are not what we do for God. In fact, there's nothing that we can do for him that's going to add to him. He's God. And so something that I constantly come back to is if I never sang another song, if I never wrote another song, if I never led another set, if I didn't lead another team, God wouldn't love me any less because I'm his child first. And ministry is just something that he allows me to do. So I would say know your identity let it rest in him. Um, I, I don't know where this saying came from, but I think that we've all kind of heard it before. If we live for people's praises, we're going to die by their criticism. And so figuring that out very, very early on in ministry, and it's actually something I constantly come back to, reminding yourself don't need the affirmation of people, um, don't need their praises, because if you depend on that, when criticism comes, because it will, it's going to crush you. So we have to know our identity. Um, we have to know our identity in Christ. We have to care more about what God thinks of us than anybody else. Um, I'm going to share a story. Can I share a story? Um, so I've, I struggle with major insecurity. Um, and there was a season in my life where um, my insecurity was so flared up that when I would come out to the platform, I was struggling to sing and lead because I had all these thoughts like my voice isn't good enough and, and I could see that person and they can't stand me and they like her voice better. And it got to this point where before I would come out and lead, I would actually pray and ask God to make my voice sound better, which is in hindsight is so stupid. Um, but this one Sunday I came out and um, we we're about to start the intro of the song I was leading and I was just praying. And I was like, God, please, I don't want to look stupid and I don't want people to think I sound bad. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me in that moment, you care more about what they think of you than what I think of you and of your worship. And I was so convicted in that moment because I'm like, who am I doing this for? Am I doing this to get people to go, oh, Jen, you sound amazing? Or am I doing this as worship to the king? And so again, come back to that place going, my identity's in Christ. This is all for him. If nobody ever hears me, he does. And he sees me. And he loves me no matter how it sounds, no matter how it comes, no matter what it looks like, he loves me. Um, and just stay rooted in that. Amen. Amen. Anybody that was a great else? question. I think that quote was me, by the way. Brian said that. As far as you know. I, yeah, no, it, was you. it wasn't it was, you. It was Brian. It wasn't me. Yes, ma'am. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, my question is, how do you guys deal with interpersonal relationship and drama on the team? 
Brian is so happy to take this one first. Um, Repeat the question. Well, here's what I... How do you deal with... How do you deal with uh, interpersonal relationships and drama? If you have drama on your team, how do you... How do you and not a person named drama. You mean actual, like, drama. Um, so we're creatives. We work in a creative field. We're going to bump into each other, right? This person's going to have an idea. This person's going to have the opposite idea. That's just going to happen, so prepare for it. Know that it's coming. Um, I think when it happens, you ne- I'm a systems guy, so when it happens, I think we need a system of how we, how we deal with it as opposed to reacting to it. Uh, so our team, we have uh, 15 values that kind of govern our, uh, they're, they're our measuring stick of how our team functions, you know. Um, and I don't remember the, the label for this one, but this is in here about relationships. And, you know, we're going to be respectful of each other. And uh, sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes a different idea is going to win. Um, but approaching it from a mutual respect standpoint, realizing that, um, man, we're not, we're, we're not just here to get our way. You know, we're here to lead the way. Write that down that down uh yeah that's what that so i when it happens on our team we go back to the guidelines hey what do the guidelines say that's kind of like this is the reason you cast vision in your team so that your your team understands hey this is who we are and again that speaks to identity this is who we are as a team um i would say this i hate drama i hate drama but i love people um and so it's important in moments where there's drama flaring up for me to go that person is not their drama this person is a person. They are not, whatever is manifesting right now, whatever is happening, whatever's going on, that's, that's not them. And so it helps to kind of separate, one, not take things so personal. Two, to kind of dial it down and go, let me shepherd the person. You know, there's issues. Let's deal. We got to deal with issues. We have to face issues in the team, but we have to shepherd people. That's what we're really, really doing. Um, a big thing that I try to live by is just giving people grace because I know that I'm not perfect and there's lots of times daily that I need grace. And so I have to remember that I need to extend grace and mercy the way I expect it to be extended to me. I cannot expect my team to extend more to me than I extend to them. And leaders, we go first, we lead by example. And so I would just say, just always keeping that in the front of your mind. Okay, what kind of grace do I want extended to me? What kind of mercy do I want extended to me from my team and extend it to people? And then deal with issues head on. Yeah. You know, and these are, these are gifts that God has entrusted to us, right? These are not our gifts. These are, these are his gifts uh, that he's entrusted to us. And so holding on to those loosely, um, offering them back to the king in worship, that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Right. There was one right down here. Cliff, thank you, man. You're getting a workout. You know, recruiting, um, team members is always a challenge. So my question is, we're, we're getting ready to hold worship team auditions this, uh, this month. And uh, do you have any tips on that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brian's lived through some. <laughs> t- that's a tough, yeah. Boy. <laughs> well, we can talk about one of my stories offline. Uh, but so uh, in our, at our place, we call them interviews. Um, interview feels a little less performancey to me. So uh, we're trying to set the tone even from the beginning of what we call this process. We, so we call them interviews. Um, and our, uh, they, uh, everybody who expresses an interest at our, at our church 
gets a copy of our values. This is, this is what a bullseye looks like to be a part of our team. These are the things that we hold dear uh, as we serve together. Um, you're, and, and we explain, you know, you're entering into a, uh, a process here. Uh, there's, a, there's a chance that we figure out together that you're a great fit for our team. There's also a chance that we figure out that maybe you're not, uh, maybe the answer is not yet. And so if that, if we come to that conclusion together, I'm your pastor, I'm going to walk with you. We're going to, we're going to find ways uh, of getting you help, ways that you can continue to hone your craft, sharpen your skills. Um, and I'm not just going to say no and, and, and leave you. We're going to walk together through a process. Um, and if it's not yet, we're going to find a, We're going to find where is that place that God uh, is, has gifted you for and is calling you to serve. Um, those are uh, uh, some things that I've learned. Uh, I, I often get asked, how do you tell people no? My, my stock response is email. <laughs> email. <laughs> email is the best. I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. bad. Sort of, sort of kidding. Sort of kidding. A letter. He drops yeah. a letter in the mail. <laughs> what about you? You're the systems queen. What about you? Um, I would say this. Um, be honest with people. We have to set like clear targets. And so like something I'll say to people, they come up and like, hey, I'm interested in singing. I'll just flat out say, do you have any experience or training? Um, and I, I guess that seems kind of like uh, abrasive. But what I tell people is you don't join the worship team to learn how to play an instrument or to learn how to sing you have to already have a base of knowledge. And so a lot of times people are like, well, let's sing in the car. I'm like, awesome. Here's what I need you to do. We can recommend vocal coaches and I want you to go see one because you need to have some base of knowledge so that you can kind of understand, hey, this is, you know, these are, when we say parts, this is what we mean, that sort of a thing. So we always make it clear, you don't join the team to learn. You have to come with a level of skill. Um, but it doesn't do anyone a favor when, let's just say they they stink it up. They're just, it's, this is not their area. It doesn't do them any good to be like, that was great. Thanks. And then we never, like, we never talk to them again. We never say anything. It's way better to wound people with truth in a loving way. And, um, so just kind of like, don't be afraid to say to someone like, Hey, you know what? I love your heart. Find something good to say. Hey, I love your heart. Uh, that, that was really, that took a lot of guts and that was brave of you to come stand in front of me and to sing or play whatever it was you did. Let's like, let's, let's praise them for that. And then just say like, Hey, I, I, you know, your, your skill level's not quite there. If you want to go take some lessons, we can, you know, give you some resources, tell you the names of some people, and then come back to me. I usually try to, like, put the ball in their court, have them do something, and then encourage them, to, but come back to me after you've grown. Um, some people where I'm like, man, there's no way they're going to grow have actually surprised me, where I'm like, oh, okay, they can kind of sing now. That's awesome. But, yeah, don't be afraid to tell people the truth in love. Yeah, and I think you can, you set that tone early by communicating it's a, you know, this is a process um, Maybe it, regardless of how it goes, we're going to help you, as Jen, as Jen just said. Any, anybody else? Oh, yeah, I'm going to add one more thing. Oh, gosh, okay. Sometimes when we're, like, short on team members, we become, like, used car salesmen. Um, and I heard this once, like, years ago, and it's just something I come back to. It's like, yeah. don't allow yourself to make a decision in desperation that you wouldn't make if you weren't desperate. So don't be so desperate to fill your platform with people that you make a bunch of poor decisions and you're, you're just letting the person who has heart issues and like, you know, their, their attitude is way wrong, but I need the talent because I don't have a bass player. You know, just don't make a decision out of desperation that you wouldn't make if you weren't desperate. Mm. You know, you can get by with a keys player and one vocalist. I would rather have a keys player and one vocalist than a stage 
just stacked with people who have crappy attitudes and horrible hearts, you know? Yeah. So just yeah, kind of yeah, keep yeah. that in mind. And by the way, we, we've, we have kind of focused on the gifts here. And there could be uh, other reasons that maybe someone isn't a cultural fit for your team. Um, if, if somebody walked into my church that sounded like Carrie Underwood but had just a horrible attitude, I would have that not yet conversation with them as well. Uh, let's get uh, let's have let's get you into some discipleship and um, really help you uh, on this on just on the the spiritual side of of what worship is and what worship isn't. Um, we would have that conversation as well. Anybody else? Cliff's got, yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi. Longtime fan. Oh, you're <laughs> the best. Um, no, I really do have a question. Jen yeah. thinks I, I'm messing with her right now. I'm not. I <laughs> this is Dalton, no. everyone. And we have Hi. roasted um, each other on the Dwell podcast. So oh, yeah, nervous. Sure. Uh, no, so as our team is growing, um, I think there's this growing pain um, that we're experiencing where it's kind of hard to, like, follow up with people and take, like, we really want to take, like, new team members out to coffee and stuff like that. But um, I think it's a natural growing pain of just, getting a bigger team, how do you like, what are some tools or systems to help follow up with new volunteers or volunteers that maybe want to like level up, like, you know, taking the through a process? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, my big thing is tag other people in. If you're carrying the like load of just, oh, I have to be the one that connects with everybody, like that's a lot. And so all of us should have, per my earlier discussion, all of us should have leaders within our team. And so what I do a lot is I tag my leaders in and I'll go, hey, we got this new person. Will you connect with them? So at least there's someone that's connecting. And then I'm connecting with other people, but really tag other people in um, to connection. Um, and then even like identifying, there's like levels of leaders. So like that's a good exercise for people that you're raising up. That's a good way to give them a little bit of leadership to go, okay, now I'm going to entrust you to help shepherd and bring other people along on the team so it's like i'm pouring into you you pour into them it's a trickle effect but i would say tag other people in because if you're going to try to do it all on your own you're going to drop the ball probably yeah i would agree with everything that she just said and i think there you know there's a side to what we do that is uh it's very it's very unique to find a person who's deep creative who can also administrate um and so there is a there's a the reality of now planning center helps, right? But the reality of it is there's a huge administrative side to what we do. And so tagging in other leaders, man, helps to spread the wealth and, and empower other people on your team, which I love. Probably got time for one more. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I just wanted to ask, what roles do theology and spiritual formation play in your set planning and service planning? Yeah, the, you know, the theological soundness of the song is, uh, is really everything. We're putting theology on the lips of our people, and uh, that's kind of, uh, that's the foundation. You know, that's where we start. Um, uh, this was probably episode one of our podcast. We, uh, I walked you through my, what my process is for picking songs. You know, is it uh, is it true? Is it theologically correct? You know, does it fit our body? Does it, uh, is this something that our congregation should sing? And all of these presuppose if it's a song I like or a song that I listen to, it's on my, I, my iPhone or, or whatever, it's, uh, is this something at this time is, would be important for our church to sing together? But that, man, that, that theological, uh, 
That's, that's really everything. And we've talked, one, one thing that we get questioned a lot on is, should you sing songs that come from uh, churches or houses of worship that maybe your particular church or denomination doesn't align with? This is where I have come down. And I say I, because I think everyone needs to wrestle with that for themselves. This is where I have landed. Does the song stand on itself? for itself? Does, it, does the song stand up theologically? Um, I, I couldn't shelve a song by a church that maybe my congregation doesn't align with because I happen to know uh, that they, they don't align, if that makes sense. Like, there are lots of other songwriters. I just don't happen to know what, they, what their stance on the third chapter of Leviticus is. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think, does the song line up itself? Uh, that's, I think that's every, that's, that is the deciding factor. Yeah, yeah. Like he said, we're putting theology on people's lips. You know, people are going to walk out of our services and they're not going to remember much of what the pastor said. Let's just be real. There might be a nugget, but they walk out singing something that we sang. So it is really important that, that what we sing, the songs that we do, um, that they have scriptural... Um, integrity that they can that they can stand on I do think it's important um, that when we're picking songs too let's not just pick what's new what's current and what's vibey and this is something that is a bit of a soapbox for me um, because I cannot stand doing songs just because they sound cool that just that drives me up a wall I go I want to do a song um, because it's it's clearly backed up by the word of God um, it's anointed. This is something that's going to speak to our body. So yeah, theology is super, super important. Um, absolutely. And just to echo a little bit off of what Brian says, something that we have to remember too with like churches where maybe there's a song that comes out of a church and we don't agree totally with their theology, but we have to remember that there's individuals who write the songs and sometimes they don't even go to that church. You know, a lot of um, worship writers collaborate and there's people, there's actually different churches that are represented um, and so we do have to kind of be careful when we just completely eliminate a branch of music because of the church's theology. We want to use wisdom, but we got to be careful in that. Um, and another thing, too, is when I look at the Word and I look at David, you know, if you read through the Psalms, which we always praise David for, oh, look, he's the original worship leader. Well, if you read some of those Psalms, he says some dicey stuff. Like, let's get real. He is singing some stuff to worship that's like, if I stood up here and was like, kill all my enemies, you guys would just be like, what is she singing? But this was David's worship. And here's the clincher. It's because God knew his heart. And we have to remember that we are all flawed vessels. And again, it's one thing to take a song that is just completely off the rails theology-wise and like, oh my gosh, this is straight heresy. But it's another thing we have to remember that God is always looking at our heart. What is the posture of our heart in worship? What's the posture of the heart of that person who wrote the song, which we don't know, but God knows. And so just remembering that, like, especially if we're going to get online and we're going to comment on and just rip some songwriter apart and just tear their song to shreds, or we're going to just nitpick and argue in comments over lyric lines, which we see that a lot in the memeing game. We, <laughs> we get that a lot to just, you know, we always try to bring people back. It's the heart. And where's your heart at right now that you're picking apart someone else's offering? So just remember that. Yeah, I would say to one, one last thing on song selection. We did an episode. I don't remember the number. It was in the last couple of months. Uh, Pastor Scott was on with us. Uh, he, at his church, they've developed what they call the AW scale. AW stands for ascribing worth. Uh, so they have given every song in their catalog a number, one through five. 
One would be a song that is uh, uh, kind of horizontal. You know, it's I forget. Like it's good. It's it's good. It's, it's like good that's, song. It's good it's lyrics, good song, but but, but a, a song that's a five on the scale would be like holy, holy, holy. You know, something that completely focuses us on on the on the Father completely, um, and the holiness of God. Uh, after their service, they'll go through and say, okay, how did we feel like these moments went? Well, we had a lot of twos and threes this week. We didn't feel like the people were maybe as engaged as, as we hoped. Um, this isn't something like you can go to our website and download the latest AW scale and, and get what we numbers we assign. That's something you would do in your own, your own team, your own, your own house. Um, but that, that episode on the AW scale would be a great would be really a great good. one to listen to. Really good. Yeah. yeah. You guys, thanks so much for being here. Episode 165. Woo. Like Brian said earlier, do us a favor. If you would go on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating with a nice review. Drop something nice in there. It just helps us get the message of the podcast out in front of more people because algorithms. We all know about algorithms. So it just helps us get the message out. Um, and if you would subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform it is that you listen to, if you subscribe, that thing just shows up early Tuesday morning for you. You don't have to go looking for us. We're right there on your phone waiting for you to give it a listen. And thank you so much for following us on all of the socials at Worship Leader Probs on Instagram, Facebook, Tiki Talk, and even on the Twitter by searching hashtag <laughs> Worship Leader Probs. Yeah, and we love engaging with you on all the platforms. So thank you uh, for doing that. Quick shout out to our friends at Maven Media Productions. So they, yeah, absolutely. They're doing so much for us, editing the podcast, all the visuals and video excerpts that you see. They're crushing it. If you have a ministry or a company or your church is looking for somebody to help uh, come in and consult or help you with social media, website development, leadership, whatever it is, uh, check them out at mavenmediaproductions.com. Amazing people. They'll crush it for you. I can promise you that. And uh, thanks to our friend Scott Hoke for our voiceover intro. We love you guys. Thank you for being here, and thanks for listening. And until next time, deuces. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>